0: Welcome to Shake That Soul. I'm your host, Rose Rising. This podcast is about getting in touch with your spiritual side and living intentionally. Let's get ready to laugh, ignite our creative spark, and open our minds. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is the fifth episode of Shake That Soul. Thank you for tuning in. In today's show, I'll be talking about both the joys and the struggles of having ADHD. Even if you don't have ADHD yourself, chances are that you probably know someone who can't sit in a chair for more than five minutes straight. So please listen up because this will give you a better understanding of some of the people around you, and that makes for healthier relationships. It's still technically Mental Health Awareness Month because I'm recording this in May, so I thought this was the perfect topic. ADHD can be very painful. I'll be speaking from personal experience because I have it. I'm coming out of the ADHD closet. It's too dark in there. (laughs) I want to shed some light and dispel myths, so I will share some very interesting facts about what ADHD is and how it can affect people. I'll give you some tips on both tools and self-care, which is critical if you're wired differently than others. Towards the end of the episode, I will get into the positive aspects of ADHD, because there are definitely some good things about it. The key is learning how to harness it. I'm pretty sure everyone will be able to learn something new from this episode. There is light at the end of the tunnel for those who are hurting. It's important to realize that you're not broken. Your brain just operates differently. But first off, I noticed that I had some new subscribers to the podcast. So thank you again so much for your support. If you're not already subscribed, please do so to get future notifications on episodes. And you can also follow me on social media at Rose Rising for new content. I'm super excited because interviews are officially in the books for June. I'll have some guests on who will be talking about fitness, dancing, music, healing. I can't wait. It's pretty hard to sit here by myself and speak into the void. But here I am. (laughs) I know that I've been doing a lot of heavy self-help content. So I want to pivot to some conversations that will be a little more lighthearted. With time, this podcast will get better and better, just like you. And I really love doing this. I'm learning to embrace the imperfections. Even though I've been exhausted, I've been super motivated by my feedback from my audience. So I really appreciate it. Thank you again. Some good news. I finally finished decorating my creative spaces. So I have a little podcast studio set up. I have another space to do my psychic mediumship readings, and I have a separate space to work on DJing and music. I'm going to post some videos of my spaces, so maybe you'll get some design inspiration from that. This is a dream come true for me, and I've worked very hard on curating each area to have the right vibes. When I was trying to come up with a title for this episode, (laughs) Adventures in ADHD popped in my head almost immediately. So I Googled it and it turns out there's a meetup group (laughs) called Adventures in ADHD. And I didn't know people were still doing meetups, but I thought, how ironic. So a bunch of people with ADHD meet up to do an activity. Half of them are probably late. Some of them get lost on the way. And the other portion of them probably forgot about the meeting altogether Can you imagine hiking with an ADHD group? I know I'm like the worst person to hike with because I'm going off trail. There's signs that say don't go off trail. And that's exactly where I'll go. I'm climbing up stuff I'm not supposed to climb on. I'm stopping to look at every bug and take pictures of every flower. I'm checking and rechecking my backpack to see if I have stuff that I already know that I have on me. (laughs) So yeah, okay, nobody's going to go hiking with me anymore, but that's the truth. Let's get into some interesting facts about ADHD that you may or may not know already. Like I said, if you don't have it yourself, maybe someone in your family does, even a friend or a coworker, and you can learn to be more compassionate by getting this information. There are three different types of ADHD. One is inattentive, distractible, two is impulsive, hyperactive, and the third type is combined. The most severe type of ADHD is the combined type, which is what I have. Lucky me. (laughs) Executive dysfunction is basically the cornerstone of ADHD, which is possible impairment in memory, organizational skills, time management, focus, and lack of emotional control. Every person is going to experience different levels of severity of symptoms and types of symptoms. There's been an oversimplification of what ADHD is and a large spread of misinformation, I think mainly due to social media. So many people often misuse and abuse the term ADHD, which can be offensive to people who truly suffer from it. I'm sure you can tell by now that I'm definitely not a serious person, so I don't mind the squirrel comments. I'm not going to get hurt, but what bothers me is when people don't understand how hard it is for me to do simple tasks because of the way that my brain works. I think the stigma is fading, but the misconceptions are still alive. The standard acronym ADD has been thrown out by the DSM 5. It is considered outdated because it doesn't provide the criteria for the diagnosis, so it's all under ADHD now with a specific subtype. Did you know that the CDC says as of 2016, 6.1 million children in the U.S. have been diagnosed? And as of July 2022, 8 million adults have been diagnosed as well. That's 8 million adults. That's so much. And it makes you think, what are they putting in the water supply? It's kind of sus, right? That's so many people. Men are more likely to have the combined type of ADHD, while women are more likely to have the inattentive type. Women have a much stronger tendency to mask and internalize their symptoms, leading to lower self-esteem. Masking means hiding your symptoms which that in itself can be very exhausting. I can attest to that for sure. ADHD is not on the autism spectrum. However, there are many similar symptoms which can sometimes lead to misdiagnosis. Don't self-diagnose, go see a doctor. Okay, don't take some 15 question quiz on the internet and think that, oh, I have a diagnosis now. Nope, that's not gonna work. But yes, I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, ADHD is on the autism spectrum. So no, again, it's not. We still don't know the origin of ADHD, but research has shown that genetics is the main reason people get it. So if your sibling or parent has ADHD, there's a much larger chance that you could have it as well. There is still research being done currently between the link of trauma and whether or not it can lead to ADHD. So it's still inconclusive, but they're kind of showing so far that there's like a 10% chance that trauma can lead to ADHD. Older generations were probably not aware of their mental health issues. So they went their whole lives undiagnosed, not learning the skills to cope and probably traumatized their kids in the process. I'm sure some of you can relate to that. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm sorry. (laughs) I've always had the personal opinion that cell phones cause ADHD, but when I asked a psychiatrist who has been treating patients for 20 years, she stated that she does not believe phones are the cause of it, but it definitely exacerbates a condition that's been around forever. We are just now learning more and more about it and how to actually treat it. So I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I have to agree with that. (laughs) ADHD can sometimes cause people to struggle in relationships because often there is an inability to regulate emotion, control one's impulses, and some ADHDers might accidentally alienate the people around them, therefore deepening the shame that they already feel, and it can make them isolate, freeze, or even lash out. The peak age of symptoms is typically around seven to eight years old, and the school system does not work for every type of learner, and it forces these students into a one-dimensional system. And to a child, that especially can be super discouraging. Dopamine plays a major role in how the brain functions, and researchers have found that people with ADHD have a higher concentration in their brain and nervous systems of proteins called dopamine transporters. The higher number of these proteins causes a lower level of dopamine in the brain science bitches. (laughs) There's also a thing called ADHD burnout, which is different from regular burnout that people experience because people with ADHD have to work much harder at some of the things that other people find easy. And this can lead to discouragement, extreme exhaustion, stress, and irritability. Our perception of time is different from the average person, so time blindness can lead to frustration at the end of the day from not fulfilling all of the obligations and tasks we needed to do. As you can see now, it's much deeper than being distracted. So I'm going to file the phrase ADHD is a superpower in the toxic positivity trash bin. Bear with me. I'm still going to talk about the positive aspects at the end of this episode, okay? It's not all bad. And the more you educate yourself, the more you can channel what once was a burden into a gift. Let's walk through a lovely day in my ADHD brain. So day in the life. When I wake up, there's about 50 folders in my head, all open. It's like open tabs on a computer and there's a sense of overwhelm. What do I tackle first? My brain is usually on overactive mode. It's analyzing, processing, and seeking information constantly. So I do have a voracious appetite for knowledge, which I think is a positive thing, but my brain is usually always on. On top of that, I'm hypersensitive to everything. So, light, stimulation, other people's mood swings, and reactions to things. Hypersensitivity is an extremely common trait of ADHD. And I guess you could compare that to being an empath where you just really feel everything in an intense way. When I walk to the kitchen to get a snack, I realize I have to hang my clothes up in the laundry room. Then I remember I have to text a friend to see if we're still meeting up. So then I walk past my front door to get my phone and think, oh, I should go check my mailbox. Then I open my mail and realize I have to pay a bill. Then I realized, oh, I should probably lay my clothes out for tomorrow to make getting ready in the morning easier. And then I walk back to the kitchen and stand there completely baffled, not remembering why I went to the kitchen in the first place. I was supposed to get a snack. (laughs) One of my dear friends had said to me, one of the hardest parts of having ADHD is that I have all of these ideas and none of the motivation to follow through and the belief that I'm judged as lazy and unreliable by people that don't see my life or truly know me. I can relate to that so hard because when my brain gets overloaded, even simple tasks can become overwhelming, and I go into a cycle of procrastination, and then having to catch up, which triggers debilitating anxiety. Not fun at all, wouldn't recommend it, two thumbs down. After I officially got diagnosed last year, I started to reflect on my life and my symptoms that I constantly had to overcome. I look back at my career and how I struggled to fit into the employee box. I had corporate jobs that required I sit at a computer all day long, and the only way I could cope was to take 20 bathroom breaks a day and drink so much caffeine just to be able to focus. It was torture. I eventually realized I'm meant to be a leader and in every job I always moved up to a management position because that allowed me to do a variety of different things and utilize creative thinking so I wouldn't become bored to death. I think further back to my childhood too, was I always ADHD? And the answer is a resounding yes. I was the kid in the corner at school because The teacher put me in the corner because I talked too much and I was always causing a ruckus. I would throw super violent tantrums in public places. I bit my nails nonstop. I went through bouts of high energy, which is totally perfectly normal for a kid. But then I would become ashamed and start to withdraw for long periods of time. I would get into serious fights and I always felt different and had sensory issues as well. All of the signs were there, but strangely enough, it wasn't until recently, within the last year, that I realized I could not move forward in my life and I needed help. It felt unbearable when I sat down to work on passion projects. I think one of the major catalysts was going through the pandemic, and often when you experience a major life event or complete disruption of your normal life routine, it can be hard to mask symptoms at that point. With a late-stage diagnosis, there is a large amount of grief that can follow. I think to myself, what if I learned about this sooner? I've lost so much time, so many things I couldn't finish due to my inability to function properly. All I can do now, though, is move forward. There is peace of mind to finally being able to put a name to something I've experienced for so long. And that's when the healing starts and you can start utilizing the tools and information available. I'm not gonna lie, this process of finding what works is trial and error. It takes patience. I was reluctant to try medication because I didn't wanna pollute my body with more things that it's just gonna have to filter out. I feel like our kidneys and our liver have to do so much to get rid of all the toxins already. Some people have the idea, too, that popping a pill is going to fix all of your problems, but really it boils down to learning the tools and coping mechanisms to do the heavy lifting for you. Medication is just one component of a larger picture. And of course, I had fear around side effects, especially when you see the pharmaceutical commercials. They're like, you won't have headaches anymore, but your arm will fall off and you might die. There's a lot of new herbal supplements on the market, specifically for ADHD, and I tried a few of them because I prefer to go the natural route. And unfortunately, they made me super sick. Once you Google ADHD, you do get bombarded with ads offering magical solutions. Since the supplements didn't work out, I had to open my mind to finally taking meds. Pretty much the main pharmaceutical options are Ritalin, Adderall, Concerta, and there's a newer medication called Vyvanse, but I believe it's technically still in clinical trials right now and not approved by all health insurance yet, so it's pretty pricey. Kind of funny, but I learned that there's an Adderall shortage, and here's my theory. I think a bunch of you out there are faking ADHD to get Adderall to stay up all night at the club, okay? I see you. I'm calling you out. And some of you are snorting Adderall just so you can get motivated to clean your house, leaving us unmedicated spider monkeys to suffer every day. (laughs) But anyway, I actually started on a lowest dose of uh, Ritalin. Ritalin is not as intense and long-lasting as Adderall, and I thought it was intuitively just a better choice for me since I'm so sensitive to everything almost immediately I felt a sense of relief. It was like everything got quiet and the 50 folders in my head were reduced down to two folders. I could actually sit in a chair for once. I don't take the medication every day because of the side effects. Plus, I don't want to build a tolerance to it and a dependency. So this way I'll need higher and higher of a dose to get the same effects. Plus, even with extended release, it only lasts eight hours, so what am I gonna do for the rest of the day? I have to learn to manage my symptoms on my own. One of the possible side effects listed as a warning for the medication was sudden death because stimulants can cause your heart to fail if you have heart issues. It's a low chance statistically, it's only around 2%, but my affairs are in order just in case. I'm not telling you this information to scare you. I'm telling you this because I care. And if you do have any pre existing conditions, or you think you might have heart issues, or even a predisposition to addiction, then please be honest with your doctor. So this way, they know the best possible way to treat you if you decide to go down the path of medication. But regardless, you're gonna need a toolkit. So I'm gonna cover some things to utilize in your ADHD toolkit. I started with a timer, just a simple timer cube that I bought off of Amazon. It's been a saving grace. It has time increments of 15, 20, 30, and 60 minutes. It helps me stay on track and it's good to have something that's separate from your phone because we all know the phone is a terrible distraction. So I just set my timer for 20 minutes. I know that I can give undivided attention to something for 20 minutes and multitasking is a lie. So the best thing to do is set the timer, finish the task, and you'll start to develop more confidence in yourself as you continue to finish more and more things I also have a fitness kit at home. I call it a fitness kit anyway, and in my car. So that consists of a blanket, yoga mat, running shoes, headphones, gym bag. I talked about this stuff too in episode three, which was about overcoming anxiety. So if you suffer from anxiety, that episode could help you as well, because there's a lot of similar symptoms that cross over from anxiety to ADHD. Going to the gym is just truly one of the best remedies if you feel overwhelmed or overloaded and you need to take a break. I also keep a pair of earplugs with me in my purse to help with overstimulation from noise. Usually people that have ADHD can have sensory issues and become overstimulated, similar to autism So if you have some earplugs, they can block out the noise, but, uh, the loop earplugs actually, they block out most of the noise, but you can still hear conversations. So it's a great tool to have. I also keep sunglasses on me all the time because I feel like some stores are an absolute overstimulation nightmare. Fluorescent lights freak me out. I just, I can't stand them. Having a comfort object with you Is important too if stimming is an issue. So for those that don't know what stimming is, it's repetitive body movements and behaviors like tapping, picking at stuff, twirling your hair, moving objects around constantly. So like you can get a fidget toy or a spinny ring to kind of help comfort you when you start stimming. I also keep a sippy cup with me. I call it a sippy cup. It's just one of those coffee cups. (laughs) And I just drink water when I feel the need to spaz out. My mom used to call me a spaz when I was little. And yeah, that's a derogatory term, but I'm not offended. I think it's kind of funny. And I had to look it up. I was like, what is the actual definition of a spaz? And it... (laughs) Google said it's an incompetent and uncoordinated person. Look at me now, though. I'm doing great. So whatever, mom. (laughs) Going for walks is also a remedy to almost anything. So if you want to throw something at your family member, put your shoes on, go for a walk, take a breather. If I start trailing off and sounding dead, I apologize. I haven't been able to find my words today and I keep messing up and (laughs) I like smacking the mic and burping and coughing and having to re-record over and over again and... Yeah, here we are. We're going to move forward. One of the things I wanted to talk about as a tool is communication. And it's kind of funny. I don't see this mentioned in ADHD books. But if you feel overwhelmed, communicate that to the people around you so they have an idea of what's going on. Other people might not fully understand what it's like to have an ADHD brain, And so if you start feeling overwhelmed and shutting down, they may take it personal. But really, if you let them know, hey, I'm having a rough time, I can't focus, I can't concentrate, that will alert them to the fact that you're struggling and maybe they can help and be compassionate towards you. Because I know when I'm having a rough time, I automatically go into fight or flight mode, and I just shut down and I get all weird and don't know what to do. So communication is key. I make sure that I have a high protein snack with me at all times. And I know that with medication too, it's good to have a high protein diet. I think that helps the medication work more effectively. And it's, you know, with stimulants, you can often lose your appetite. And it's so important that you don't forget to eat. Also, speaking of food, you really need to take a hard look at nutrition because certain artificial coloring and additives have been proven to make ADHD worse. So definitely check out your diet, see if there's any food dyes or extra chemicals that are exacerbating your ADHD. There's also a supplement called L-theanine, which is great. I've personally, out of all the supplements, just taken straight up L-theanine is super effective because it just calms you down. It's a natural component in green tea, and it works extremely well to calm you without making you fall asleep. So if you don't want to take medication, maybe even just start off with L-theanine and you could even do a low dose. They have, you know, gummies that you can buy on Amazon. It's super convenient. Just make sure, check with your doctor. <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer, that you don't, you know, that it's safe for you to take L-theanine. But I personally felt like it was great and it calms me down. And at night I sleep a little bit better too when I take it. There are tons of coaches out there now who specifically specialize in helping people develop skills and learn to harness the power of ADHD. And I understand that getting coaching can be pricey. So if you can't do that, I would recommend buying some workbooks and doing some additional reading to learn more about how the ADHD brain works. Just start from there. Some books I would recommend are Driven to Distraction, uh, Scattered Minds. That's by Dr. Gabor Mate, and I really love his work on ADHD. Another book that's one of my favorites is Self-Care for People with ADHD. And then there's Differently Wired, which is a book about raising a child with ADHD. So if you have a kid that suffers from it, that information might be helpful to you. I'm going to put this information in my show notes if you want to purchase these books. So don't worry, you can always just check out the show notes and get them if you like. Now, finally, I want to talk about the positive attributes that ADHDers often have. Out of the box thinking High levels of creativity, imagination, and intuition are some of the attributes. Emotional sensitivity and empathy towards others is another gift. ADHD can lend itself to being a successful entrepreneur. Did you know that Bill Gates, Justin Timberlake, Michael Phelps, and Richard Branson all have ADHD? And I read in an article from Psychology Today that ADHDers are 300% more likely to become entrepreneurs. Risk-taking, high impulsivity, and large bursts of energy are often what is needed to get businesses off of the ground. So that makes total sense. When a person with ADHD finds out what they're truly passionate about, this can lead to the ability to enter states of hyper where they can concentrate on a project for a long time. It's a matter of finding what can get you into that state. For me, I switched jobs many times and I see that as a process of discovery. I need to be challenged and to be able to use my creativity to the fullest extent. Otherwise, I feel dead inside. Rather than looking at this as a bad quality, I reframed my thinking around it. Okay. That was a lot of information to digest. If you're still with me, I appreciate you listening all the way through. I hope this episode has been informative and enlightening. If you think this will help someone who is struggling with ADHD or hasn't been diagnosed yet, but experiences the symptoms I mentioned, please share. This podcast is available on multiple platforms So they can check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Podcasts. So we are officially at the end of the episode, and now's the time where I'm going to do a mini Oracle reading for you. And by the way, these readings are timeless. So whenever you happen to be tuning in, that's when they apply to you. I'm going to be using the Vintage Wisdom Oracle again. These cards are so beautiful. a couple of cards. So we have transition and surrender. And then let's pull some from the Prism Oracle. I feel like 3. So we have balance, strength and surrender again. <laughs> All right. So I got the message loud and clear. A lot of you are going through a major change in your life right now, or about to. In this image, this woman is kind of looking out towards her future. And the surrender card shows these gorgeous butterflies. So there's a metamorphosis, there's this process and a major change that's going to take place. And it involves bringing more balance into your life. So perhaps your life is just kind of crazy. Maybe you've been focusing too heavily on one area and not ignoring or rather ignoring another important area of your life and you need to bring it all back into balance. And like, for example, if you're focusing too much on taking care of others, maybe you need to take care of yourself. If you're focusing too much on business and work, Perhaps you need to shift your focus to your family. So that's just some example of bringing balance into your life. The Strengths card tells me that you need to have faith that you'll be able to go through these changes and come out on the other and perfectly fine. So trust yourself, trust the process, move forward. Change is never easy, but it's usually worth it. Okay, I'm going to pull one more card. Magic. (laughs) I love that. So maybe you'll have some luck along the way to help make the changes a little bit easier. We could all use that, right? Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the beautiful comments that I've received on how the podcast has helped you so far and Soon uh, in the next episode, we'll be doing some interviews, and I really hope you have a great week, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye.